This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zuma Radio, AM 740. And welcome to the Audio Imaginarium. Come on in, weary traveler. Hang your cloak on a peg, grab a stool, and come gather around the fire. There are stories to be told, and you are among friends. Carlos Kajina is our technical producer, and Ryan White is our live stream producer. Check out my YouTube and Rumble channels, Strange Planets. Kalo Pasca, Happy Easter. And uh, that goes out to our Orthodox Christian listeners. Christos Anesti, Alitos Anesti. Christ has risen. Indeed, he has risen. Coming up in the second hour, I'll speak with an ordained spiritualist minister who discusses her ability to, this is interesting, she draws deceased persons uh, and she provides evidential photographs and eyewitness testimonials that prove, she says, human consciousness continues after permanent bodily death. Of this hour, a certified hypnotist and self-described ascended healer reveals how we can master our superconscious mind and access the unified field of creation to accomplish the impossible. How about that? Josua was born with powerful abilities and has been doing metaphysical work such as astral travel, lucid dream control, remote viewing and healing since early childhood without training. His limit, limitless connection and constant direct community, or he has rather limitless community, uh, limitless connection and constant direct communication with source energy. He also communicates with and visits the beyond, including other realms, realities, dimensions, and timelines. As an ascended healer and master teacher, he now guides students and clients to have similar experiences and master those same abilities. Giozua, welcome to the program. How are you? I'm well. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. I want to make sure I'm pronouncing your name correctly. Is it Giozua? Joshua. Joshua. But All right. Joshua, but Joshua. All right. If I could get you to speak a little louder into the phone, I'm not sure if you're on a hands-free or uh, we want to really make sure that we can hear you properly. Okay. Is this better? Uh, it's about the same, actually. So I don't know if you can just maybe speak a little bit louder or put the handset a little closer to your... Uh, 
your face. Okay. I know that's not a great thing with cell phones, but that's uh, that yeah, makes for on. better let audio. Me, let me adjust. Let me adjust this. Okay, is that better? I, yes, that does sound a little better, a little more present. All right, so I want to start with some definitions, Joshua. And the first one is, what do you mean by a superconscious mind? Okay, so there's there's the conscious mind. That's where we are right now, um, which is a very small portion, and that's that's the portion that everyone is most aware of. Then there's the subconscious mind, the unconscious mind, and then there's the superconscious mind, which is connected to everything, everywhere, across all timelines uh, and source. Is that similar to what Carl Jung was talking about when he talked about a collective unconscious? Is that the superconscious mind? Yes, 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 similar. Absolutely. Okay, all right. Now, my second question for you is, how does one become an ascended master or a ma uh, master healer? I mean, you started at childhood. Yes. So everyone has has an amazing ability to heal themselves. Um, most people... Once you tap into it, you can, you can heal yourself instantly. Uh, most people, of course, are unaware of it because of what society teaches you, what your parents have taught you, because of what they were taught with all these limitations. And the truth, the truth is that there are absolutely no limitations whatsoever. The, the, just the mind alone, never mind any energy work or anything like that, just your mind alone is infinitely powerful. So what the mind imagines, the body feels. What the mind imagines, the body realizes. So if you just begin to imagine yourself healing, you will begin to heal. It really is that simple. And when you say heal, we're talking about physical, emotional, mental, spiritual ailments. And physical, absolutely everything across the board. So... <clears throat> I, I do a I do a two day workshop and people have come to the workshop suffering their entire lives with asthma, allergies, diabetes, incurable conditions. End of the first day, it's gone and it never comes back. That's how powerful your mind is. That's a pretty remarkable claim. <laughs> uh, I mean, does that happen with everybody every time? Some people, some of the time. Okay, so I would say most of the people, first day, um, I mean, vision corrected, hearing corrected, like I said, incurable conditions corrected, healed. Uh, some people take a little bit more time. Some people, uh, and, you know, it's all, up to, it's all up to the individual. So some people may take a couple of months afterwards. Some people come back. But for the most part, everyone uh, dramatically heals just the first day alone. And then on the second day, I teach them not only to heal themselves uh, through connect, you know, connecting through source, um, through hypnosis, self-hypnosis, but I teach them how to heal others. And uh, so, students have done amazing work healing others from the workshop going forward. So it's done through self-hypnosis. We have to learn to hypnotize ourselves. How is self-hypnosis different well, than meditation? Okay, well... Meditation is actually a form of hypnosis. Um, what meditation does is, I mean, very valuable. You know, you let go, you, you let, let go of the mind. Um, <clears throat> with hypnosis, you have, you have an agenda, you have a goal, something that you want to do, want to change, want to correct, and many times it could be instant. 
you can have uh, permanent change instantly with hypnosis. And for meditation, there are people that have been meditating uh, for years, decades, their entire life, and they will never reach the depths or the heights that you could actually reach through hypnosis in one session. And that's because you're not, through meditation, you're not connecting with the superconscious mind. Well, you can connect through meditation. I mean, there's, mm-hmm. there's, there's an infinite way, there's an infinite number of ways to connect to source, to astral travel, to do, to do anything. Everything works. So if you put your mind to it and you're calling it meditation, you can still access those higher realms. You can still do amazing things through meditation. Everything works. It doesn't have to have the label of hypnosis or anything else. It doesn't have to have any labels. It's just your intention. Whatever your intention is, and, um, and that's it. All right, so some people talk about the Akashic Record. Is that the same thing when we're when we're connecting with our superconscious mind? Is is that what many I don't know philosophers uh, um, are, are talking about when they t- talk about the Akashic Record? It could be. It depends. It depends on how the person is asked. It depends on how you're asking, what your intention is. It depends on your definition of that. I mean, if you want to access the Akashic Records absolutely can access it. Um, I've guided many to access the Akashic Records and change their records. Um, Because anything and everything is absolutely possible. Nothing is written in stone, or you could say everything is written in stone, but it's infinite. Every infinite possibility exists at the same time. So if you're here now, this this is the most important you, and right here, right now, is the most important time. So you're making the decisions. If you exercise your free will, which most people do not, you have the power and the ability to do anything and everything. So when we talk about healing ourselves, healing disease, for example, maybe we need to understand what disease is. Can you tell us? Okay, well, uh, simply it's... Uh, Okay, so something, like I said, the, what the mind imagines, the body feels, what the mind imagines, the body realizes. From, from the moment you come into this world, even while you're in the womb, you're being programmed. You're being programmed to, I mean, one of the, one of the things I say, once you hit a certain age, your vision goes. People are programmed for that. They, even if they don't want to believe it, even if they don't even care about it or think about it, but when they hit that certain age their vision goes because they've been programmed that it goes into the subconscious mind and it's part of the programming. Now, if everyone was, was taught that your vision is perfect and it will remain perfect throughout your entire life, that your immune system is perfect and you remain healthy your entire life, that is going to be the program. So what happens? Okay. So I would say, all right, asthma, do you know anyone with asthma? Yes, I do. Okay. If a client comes to me that has asthma or comes to the workshop, uh, I automatically tell them it's not real. It's not a real thing. It's in the mind. And side note, everything is in the mind. It's programmed. So when I say it's not a real thing, 
people are born with asthma. People go to the doctor, they're diagnosed with asthma, they're prescribed uh, treatments, medication, the inhaler. Some people suffer their entire lives with, with asthma. Some people die from asthma. But I'm saying it's not real. And the fact is, it, it is not real. You can change it at any moment with the power of your mind. But if you believe you have it, but the mind imagines, the body feels. So if you're diagnosed with something, and, you know, a lot of times a doctor gives a misdiagnosis and the person believes it, they develop the condition. Again, that is how powerful your mind is. So now if you change that around and you know that your immune system is perfect and you remain healthy at all times, you're, you will remain healthy at all times. Now, that's not to say something, you know, something comes up, like you have, a, you know, an abundance of stress. There's a lot of things going on in your life. You're the discomfort. Again, what the mind imagines, the body feels. And it will manifest. So discomfort, uh, stress, anger, negative thought patterns, how, whatever's going on, it will manifest differently in most people. Um, it will manifest in a physical condition. So if you're constantly, um, if you have guilt over something you've done, and it'll create the disease or a condition. And it's okay. just a matter I'm, of I'm recognizing that. There are certain, there are certain physical um, conditions, though, that are real. Like, for example, a broken bone, right? Or, I mean, you, yeah. you physically break a bone. That's not in your mind. Um, well... Okay. Or is it? It is. because Well, it is and it isn't. Nothing is real. Everything is real at the same time. It's your choice. Nothing is real. Everything is real. Now, you, you brought up uh, broken bones. I've had uh, students of mine that have had broken bones, x-rays, MRIs, and without getting any treatment through the hospital, they corrected it through hypnosis, through energy work, through their mind. Um, and I'm not the only one saying this. This, is, this, this happens quite often with uh, you'll never hear about it because, you know, the mainstream is not going to put that out there because they want people to be sad, sick, miserable, suffering, and continuing to make them wealthier and wealthier. You know, the powers behind the powers, all of that. But, but yes, and if you look at it one way, I, I know um, <clears throat> depends on how you look at reality. If you look at it right now, this is a dream. Life is a dream. If you want to look at it as we're in the matrix, this is not the real world. This is all an illusion. So when I say nothing is real, no, absolutely, no, you can change anything and everything. At the same time, everything is real. When, when people, you know, you slam your hand in a, in a door, you're going to feel it. But you don't have to suffer with it. You can change it instantly. So you teach people how to access their, their superconscious mind. Uh, through self-hypnosis, self and this takes place in your, in your workshops. Mm -hmm. um, 
Mm-hmm. You know, obviously that's it's an I would imagine it would be a, a fairly intensive course, but just give us kind of uh, a, a, an overview of of how you conduct these workshops and how people learn to do this. Okay, so in the workshop, uh, we do several hypnosis sessions. You learn self hypnosis, um, but I, we work on every level. So, for example, forgiveness. And hopefully everyone listening uh, to your program right now, um, forgiveness is one of our most powerful healing tools. When you forgive, you absolutely free yourself to heal on every level. And we don't just do the forgiveness. We, we cover, and when we do that in hypnosis, in the subconscious mind, you're changing the programming that was holding on to whatever needed to be forgiven or whoever needs to be forgiven. And, of course, you must forgive yourself uh, for whatever reason, whatever, whatever you experience, for allowing it to happen, whatever your reasoning is, especially in the subconscious mind. So that's just one aspect. And, and forgiveness is more than enough to heal the most serious conditions, just that alone. So, it's, so when, when I'm saying with energy work, with power of the mind, it's, it's all inclusive. So when I do the workshop, we cover all bases. We also do, you know, self-love, uh, perfect programming. Uh, we cover every base. And, of course, I do guide everyone to connect to source, that beautiful, pure love, white light healing energy from the source of all creation, God, the universe, unified field of creation, all of that. Can everyone be hypnotized? Can everyone hypnotize themselves? Because... It's, I've heard other hypnotists say that, you know, sometimes they can, they can tell if a person is easily hypnotized or, or can't be hypnotized, or is that a fallacy? Can everyone be hypnotized or can everyone hypnotize themselves? Every single person of normal intelligence and above is 100% hypnotizable. You have to have two things. You have to want to be hypnotized because you cannot be hypnotized against your will in a therapeutic setting. And the second thing is you can't have any fears or misconceptions about hypnosis or about how it works. And what are some of those fears and misconceptions? Some people think that the hypnotist can control you, make you do crazy things. Absolutely not. You're in complete control of what you will or will not do at all times. Okay, so once you've you've hypnotized yourself... What's that? Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I interrupted. I apologize. Go ahead. No, some people think that you're asleep. You're not going to hear anything. You're not going to remember anything. You can get stuck in hypnosis, which is all absolutely not true. Um, your, your hearing is about 300% times better. You're fully alert, wide awake. You hear everything. Uh, and the moment you want to come out of hypnosis, you just remove the relaxation. You open your eyes, and it's done. And that's instantly. So when you place yourself under hypnosis... Um, are there, I don't know, affirmations, or how do you then reprogram yourself, if you will? Okay, so if you're you're talking, you're just asking specifically about self-hypnosis. Yes. Okay, so when I teach people to do self-hypnosis, we we do several sessions, and they anchor it in, I'm guiding them to do it, 
and they're doing it in one session where they're practicing it. And again, whatever goes on in the subconscious mind, when, you make, you, when you're doing this programming in the subconscious mind, it's permanent. As long as you accept it, it's permanent. So every time, one of the suggestions is every time that they do hypnosis, they go much deeper into hypnosis each and every time. Each and so they're programmed to, let's say, drop their finger down, you know, when they're in a comfortable position. Now, if they have a specific goal, um, they just tell themselves what they want to accomplish. And then when they place themselves into self-hypnosis, that goal is playing over and over in their subconscious mind. If they give themselves five minutes of hypnosis, 15 minutes or an hour, um, their goal is realized. All right, Joshua, we're going to take a, a, a quick time out here. When we come back, we'll continue to talk about the power of the superconscious mind and how you can change your reality by reprogramming yourself. We'll also talk a little bit about astral travel, remote viewing, neurolinguistic programming, how that all fits in. I'm back with more of our conversation right after these. Don't go away. The truth is not out there. It's right here. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett from Zoomer Radio. And we are back with Joshua. And uh, we're talking about accessing the superconscious mind, healing yourself, changing your reality. Um, now, how does this work on uh, when we, rather than just talking about healing yourself, what about changing certain other aspects of your life? Let's say your your finances. Let's say, you know, you're you're in in huge debt. You have a, I don't know, a huge student loan. Uh, you you can't you can't pay your mortgage. Uh, you can't get out from underwater. How can you change that reality through self hypnosis? Well, okay, so putting, I mean, using self hypnosis or hypnosis absolutely because you're changing your programming, you're changing your mindset, you change your belief, you're changing reality automatically. Everything around you shifts and adjusts. Uh, to your new programming. So if you were, you know, most people are act acting on uh, bad programming, mislearned behaviors, cycles of dysfunction, you know, how many people have been told, or oh, you have to work hard for your money, or money is evil, and that goes into their uh, subconscious mind. And even though they want money consciously, because, you know, you need that to, for most people, you need that to exist, pay your bills, stuff like that. Um, and most, and in the United States, you're, you're trained to go into debt. Like we're all trained to, you know, debt is good. So, uh, I mean, there's infinite ways of changing that. If you look at a spiritual or metaphysical, you know, you, you can use hypnosis or self-hypnosis to access your different energy points. You can do it without doing hypnosis, but you have to put yourself into that, into a state of knowing you know, believing whatever you're going to do is going to work. Expecting the results of whatever you're going to do is going to work. But the most important thing is when you know. When you know with absolute certainty that whatever you're going to do is going to work, it works beautifully, amazingly, powerfully, many times instantly. So however you want to change your financial system, I mean, besides getting educated on certain things or, you know, changing certain behaviors, um, let's say, for example, you want to work on your chakras, your energy points. 
You can do that through hypnosis, through meditation. Again, everything works. And if you change your aura, your chakras, to be like a money magnet or to attract opportunities, opportunities, success, and to have the courage, the strength, and the confidence to act on those opportunities, uh, it's going to change. Everything's going to change. And then at the same time, it's infinite, infinite possibilities, because all of that being said, you, if you change your mindset and you're expecting the world to change, of course, working on yourself and every single person on the planet should always work on themselves to continue to improve themselves on every level because you work on you, you, you make yourself better, you are absolutely making the world a better place just by making yourself better. Um, but you can manifest with your intentions. You can manifest for the world to change where, you know, debt is eliminated. And it, it, it will come about. It almost, it, well, not almost, it sounds too easy. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking listeners are saying it's, it sounds too easy. It, it must be, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm someone who believes that, you know, things that are worth achieving require a lot of effort and, and hard work. Uh, am I misguided in thinking that? Is it, is it as simple as learning to hypnotize yourself, reprogramming yourself, or is, it, is, it, is there some considerable effort involved in learning how to do this? Well, it depends. Yes, there is considerable effort. But what is your perception of the effort that you would be taking? And that, that goes on an individual basis. Um, so reality, there are infinite realities. There's infinite timelines, infinite dimensions. Everything is infinite. You are infinite. Um, <clears throat> and, and every single person is in their own reality. Even though a lot of it will look the same, you're interacting with other people, and it feels like you're all in the same reality, but the truth is no one is in the same exact reality. A lot of them may look alike, those realities, those frequencies, but uh, it's infinite. You, and, you, uh, uh, you talk about karma, I know. Uh, which okay. tends to suggest that you uh, you subscribe to reincarnation. Uh, is, is that is that true? Again, well, it depends on the reality. Yes, absolutely true. But okay. at the same time, you don't have to reincarnate. Um, and depending on the reality you're in, depending on um, if you want to call it a dream, if you want to call it the matrix, you know, the other side is real. People, you do not die. No one ever dies. Life goes on. As soon as you pass, if you, if you pass physically in this world, uh, your consciousness, your way, you do not die. Your energy cannot be destroyed. So in the matrix, yes, there's the other side. You go through the whole process. You review your life. You choose to come back maybe to do something else, or you're chosen to come back and you know, live another life, uh, absolutely. Now, of course, you could, you could break free of all of that, and, of course, that's doing it all right, um, and letting go of this illusion of the attachments. And, um, <clears throat> and, again, one of the biggest things is the forgiveness. Now, with karma, I, uh, I do not like 
karma, negative karma. Um, and one of the things that I that I'm doing here is to absolutely eliminate the cycles, the karmic cycles, the negative karmic cycles. There, if there was That's a usefulness of it uh, in the past, that usefulness has outlived itself. There's no reason to continue in the karmic cycles. So the the bad mm-hmm. karma is what you and the good karma is what you take with you after your physical body dies, and then you you reincarnate, right? Okay. I mean, that's one way of looking at it, yes. But like I said, we've, we've been through this long enough. Um, you know, some people, you know, have had thousands of lifetimes, and they're doing the same things over and over, where, you know, like there's karmic contracts, where, um, <clears throat> you know, two individuals in this life, uh, one hurt the other so bad, you know, did X, Y, Z. Now they're on the other side, and then they're too, well, you know what? I did this to you. Now let's reincarnate, and you'll do the same to me. Um, and, you know, they have those contracts, and it just it's a cycle that just keeps going. Uh, that's why I prescribe to forgiveness, um, to eliminate all the negative karma. If you want to end the pain and suffering, let go of any karma. So when I do, and that's another thing I do in the workshops, is we get rid of all karmic contracts and obligations. And it doesn't matter if you're 15, 25, 45, 85 years old, doesn't matter what your age is, even if you still have, let's call them karmic obligations or contracts that weren't fulfilled, and I'm doing air quotes, you can't see, but um, to me that's BS. Once you once you came into this world, doesn't matter what age you are, you have suffered enough. You've paid the price, whatever you may have done in a past life, whatever you may have done in this life, you've paid the price. Everyone has had enough suffering. Doesn't matter what your age is, you've had enough. The the debt is paid. And that's one of the things we do in the workshop as well. We eliminate all any and all negative karma any and all negative karmic contracts or obligations. So how, mi- how much, not how much, I, I, w- I would imagine it would be difficult to quantify this, but are our uh, diseases, our ailments, you know, bad backs, trick knees, are they also um, connected to a past life, perhaps an injury in a past life? It could be. So... There's infinite possibilities. So whenever anyone asks me a question, infinite possibilities. One possibility out of infinite possibilities, if you have, let's say, a bad back, you have you know, a back condition, whatever it may be, one of the possibilities is, yes, it came with you from a past life. Absolutely. Now, what are some of the other possibilities? Uh, one, it could be you were told as a child, though, you overheard that your family has a genetic condition that uh, predisposes you to a, this certain back condition. You believe it or you accept it as, you know, and your, your family believes it, so that, that manifests you have a back condition. Um, it could be the bad intentions of others that are focusing negative, you know, and sometimes it's unintentional, where it could be jealousy or envy that, you know, that a person is jealous or envious of you 
and they don't wish you harm, but that that frequency of those uh, of the jealousy and the envy manifest in a back condition. And we can go on and on because it's infinite possibilities. Now, you can discover what what it, what the what the root cause is, and just forgiveness alone will get rid of it. You can discover what the root cause is through hypnosis, um, but at the same time, you do not even need to know the root cause. You can assign a cause to it and accept it, let it go, forgiveness, however you want to get rid of it, it's it's in your mind, your heart. So whatever you whatever you want to use, everything works, and you can get rid of that back condition. But the cause of it, yes, infinite possibilities. One possibility is it did come from a past life. Absolutely. Okay, Joshua, I got to take another oh, time. I don't we'll come back and we'll get to some. Long, we'll, we'll get to some questions. Sorry, we'll get to some questions and comments from our uh, our live stream as well. Stay with us. Keeping an eye on the new world order. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. To speak with Richard, call 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Welcome back. Joshua stays with us. We're talking about the infinite superconscious mind, how to access it, how to change your reality, how to shift into any uh, reality again through self-hypnosis and the website is ascendedhealer.com ascendedhealer.com a-s-c-e-n-d-e-d-h-e-a-l-e-r ascendedhealer.com you can also just go to my website strangeplanet.ca and click on joshua's name under tonight's show notes and that'll take you right there we've linked up um so we were talking a little bit about uh, karma and uh, one of the infinite possibilities is uh, that you have um, you have brought uh, or your the, the source of your bad back or your financial problems or some other disease or problems with relationships these all come from uh, previous lives what is how does neurolinguistic programming uh, fit into this NLP well well it's eyes open hypnosis so um you can accomplish a lot without going into a deep state of hypnosis. Um, <clears throat> just in conversation, just in anchoring, uh, even with touch, uh, sound, all the senses. Um, and it could be very powerful and very effective for many people to make, uh, to make change without going into a deep state of hypnosis. But a lot of NLP techniques I do utilize in uh, deep state of hypnosis. Okay, can you give us um, not a crash course? I mean, you can't even do that in in the time that we have. But just give no. us a, kind of an overview how NLP works. Um, again, you're accessing the subconscious mind. You're accessing it instantly. Uh, again, without going into a deep state of of you know relaxation or closing your eyes. So <clears throat> you use keywords that will trigger the subconscious mind to pay more attention and you're anchoring in um, certain suggestions that are, how do I put it? Um, well, I'll give, you, I'll give you one technique. So there, there's certain things that you 
let's say you have to do, have to you have to accomplish, but you have let's say like writer's block or you you just don't want to do it. It's something you just don't want to do. In without going into a deep state of hypnosis, you can you can anchor in that um, anchor in a neutral state. So every time you're presented with let's say doing you know paperwork or doing tasks that you really don't want to do, you anchor in a neutral state and you, you transfer that feeling of not wanting to do it to something neutral. Well, okay, so it doesn't really matter. You're, you're you're neutral to it, and then you can anchor in something that is you know beneficial for you. That something that makes you happy, that you enjoy doing, and you link them all together. So anytime you have to do that specific task or do the thing that you have to do but you don't really want to do, you automatically once you're presented with that task, you step back and you're neutral, and then like magic, you're you're in you know, you're enthusiastic about doing it, you're excited about doing it, and you get it done, and you enjoy yourself while you're doing it. Um, and mm-hmm. that's, just, that's just something with your mind that you can do anything with. So we're, we're basically creating our own, what, trigger words? Well, yes. That could be one way of looking at it, sure. Right. Now, advertisers, <clears throat> excuse me, advertisers use NLP. Uh, sometimes to our disadvantage, right? They're they're using it <clears throat> not only. Excuse me, get a glass of water here. <clears throat> uh, I guess my question is, NLP can also be used for nefarious purposes, right? Yeah, un- unfortunately. So when I, I when I train uh, when I train people to become hypnotists or practitioners of uh, neuro linguistic psychology, neuro linguistic programming, uh, with great power comes great responsibility. And um, I could tell you right now, there are many people that learn those techniques that do not have good intentions. Um, and you could see you could see those people that will go to bars and you know they'll use it to hook up and stuff like that. Um, which I, I've actually I've I've had uh, people that have come to my courses that I actually had to ask them to leave because they did not have good intentions. Interesting. Right. Yeah. And, and in so, part, yeah, and this the, is and how the media we are. Being, of, I'm sorry, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to no, say no, this is ahead. how we're being programmed to a certain extent, right? By by NLP uh, being used by, I, I suppose, more nefarious individuals. This is part of yeah. our programming. Everything, everything that that we're experiencing on a daily basis is to program you for whatever they want you, how they want you to think, behave, what they want you to buy. Um, and, and, and a lot of it, uh, on a ferry, New York City, walk on, the, walk on the ferry and there's advertisements, big posters everywhere where it says, heart attacks happen to healthy people. Healthy mm. people have heart attacks. And I'm like, do you know how many people, even if they're not consciously paying attention to that, whatever's happening in their life at that moment or a conversation, even if they're walking by and they don't even look at it directly, a lot of times that goes right into the subconscious mind. And then there's triggers for that. So, and then how many people do see that and say, you know what, I should go check myself out. This is what this poster is saying, like healthy people have heart attacks. But it's like, it's not even like a, it's a, it's a statement, it's a command. It's like 
healthy people have heart attacks. So that goes into the subconscious mind. That is very, very unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. We're seeing a lot of that now. They're trying to normalize heart attacks with young people. If you shake your duvet too vigorously, you could have a heart attack, even if you're young and otherwise healthy. Yeah, there's something sinister going on there. Joshua, stay yeah, with us. We'll uh, come back, and this was a short segment. We will get to the uh, the YouTube live chat questions. Back with more in a moment. Don't go away. Do you want the truth? You can handle the truth. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zuma Radio. To get the truth, call Richard now at 416-360-0740 or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. Keeping an eye on the new world order. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. To speak with Richard, call 416-360-0740 or toll free. 1-866-740-4740. And we are back with Joshua and the website again, AscendedHealer.com. And he's a uh, certified hypnotist. He uh, runs aura workshops, dream control workshops, astral travel, superconscious mind training, which we've been talking about, NLP training, and uh, master healer certification. All right, let's go to the uh, the live chat here, and let me see. First, we have Thinker on the YouTube live chat asks, how much does it cost to take your courses, and how much is a private session? Okay, so the two day the two day healing workshop, I give everyone, I give you exactly what you need to be exactly who you want to be to heal on every level. Uh, usually at the door, it's 495 pre-registration. I usually do um, 395, and uh, I do offer other discounts as well. But uh, which is extremely cost-effective. It's two full days, and I give you everything you need, so you don't have to do anything ever for the rest of your life. But I don't just I don't just do that and then throw you out into traffic uh, free of charge. I have uh, Anyone who goes through the, the workshop, we meet once a week, uh, even online, and we do sessions to continue to work on each other and uh, work on the planet, work on the world. We, uh, we do remote healing. We, we go back to the Holocaust, to 9-11. We d- send energy to the homeless. We do that on a weekly basis. So, and it's free. Okay, and uh, the courses are, are conducted over Zoom. How? Well, I do have I do have I do them in person. A lot of them have been in, most of them New York City, uh, Florida. Uh, I've done it in L.A. and Massachusetts, but in person it's usually in New York City or Florida. Uh, but I do have online on demand uh, video pre recorded one that uh, people have had amazing results with as well. I All right, and that's at AscendedHealer.com, AscendedHealer.com. All right, uh, Andrew Boyle asks, can we use hypnosis, self-hypnosis, to help defeat the New World Order? Absolutely. That's what, we're do- that's what we do every day uh, with my group, and like I said, once a week, and it's free, we meet, and that's what we're doing. We're healing the world. We... 
some people say, well, why, why would you go back to the Holocaust? Why would you heal the Holocaust? And we don't just heal the victims. We also, we also work with the, uh, with the Nazis, everything, everything that's ever been done. We work on everyone to free everyone of any negative karma. That helps us now, here and now, where we are for the ascension. And absolutely everything that we're doing, we've already defeated the New World Order. That's, that's all what you're watching now, what's going on in the world now. Again, there's infinite realities, there's infinite timelines. And right now, if you're listening to this, you are, you are on the correct, the, the highest of those infinite sets of infinite realities. The light has won. The moment the battle, the so-called battle begun, we won. The light won from the very beginning. What you're watching now is just residual effects of the darkness trying to maintain that, those little pockets of power. But um, doing what we're doing, absolutely, um, and the world will continue to become a better place. So it sounds like we live our lives and our reality is basically looking in the rearview mirror. Yeah. And it's so, that's why I say it's always important to work on you. You want a better world? You bring yourself to be the best version that you can possibly be. And if you continue to do that, you're lifting and raising the frequencies and vibrations of, of the energy, the space around you. The world be- becomes a better, brighter place just by you working on yourself, just by you forgiving yourself, the world becomes a better place. So you said that our waking state, this is not reality. What about our dream state? Is that reality? Well, um, this you're in a dream. This is a dream. And you're asking if when you're dreaming, if that is... Okay, so... When you are dreaming, have you ever had a dream that, that felt so real you woke up and it was like you, you weren't sure where you were because it was just so real? Have you ever experienced that? Uh, yes, very rarely, but I have. Okay. So many times, even the dreams that you half remember or you're actually accessing an alternate reality, you're, ac- you're accessing an alternate timeline, an alternate universe. So many times when you're dreaming... You, sometimes you're above witnessing those alternate realities where things are taking place. Sometimes you're actually now entering that alternate version of you in that reality. Um, <clears throat> so, so how, there are how can we, how can we, uh, how, like for me, it's happened very rarely. How can we, um, improve our chances of having those types of, encounters with our alternate reality more often again continue to work on you if you if you're going through if you're going through life thinking and acting with love and kindness um and you're giving you pure positive intentions to other people uh you're going to continue to raise your frequencies and vibrations your awareness is going to expand so your ability to access alternate realities is going to increase. And of course, if you train yourself to do that, if you're doing it through self-hypnosis, hypnosis, meditation, um, <clears throat> yes, with that, with that goal, but you have to ask yourself, what, what is the purpose of why you're doing it? Because many times, if you just want to experience it, you know, that's all well and good, and you can do that, and 
you know, I, I guide people to experience that in just one session, and you can experience multiple realities, multiple timelines. You can also access those other realities and take the best parts of those realities and incorporate them now into this reality. So you can access another reality where you are financially abundant, where you you know finances and you know how to make money and, you know, you have that um, aura of wealth. You can access that and accept it into this reality and your position will begin to change just by doing that. So when we access that reality, is that astral travel? Are we, is our spirit body leaving our physical body or where do we go? How do we get there? Okay. So there's infinite ways of doing everything that we do. Astral traveling is one of them. That's why your energetic body is leaving your physical body. And yes, you can access those alternate realities uh, astrally. You can also go there with your mind and there's infinite ways of doing it with your mind. Um, and you can also access any one of your energy centers and you could access other realities from any one of your energy centers. And if you do each, if you access it from uh, two different energy centers, it's going to, you're going to have a different experience, even if you're accessing the same reality. So the, again, there's infinite ways of doing it through your mind, um, through your, through astro traveling, or even remote viewing, where you're you're now you're accessing it just by looking, looking with your third eye, um, and each one is discernibly different. And it, again, it's infinite. There's infinite ways of doing it, and there is no right almost, or wrong. Mm-hmm. Sorry, God. It almost sounds like time travel. <laughs> and time travel is very easy as well. And there's infinite ways of doing that. And that's one of the other things uh, that we do in the workshop. Um, when I do the self, uh, self-love and appreciation session, I also do the perfect programming. And I take individuals through their timeline to the future after they've already um, incorporated all the self-love. And then I guide them back. They notice all of their accomplishments, how great their life is. Then I take them outside of their timeline to the past, face-to-face with that, that infinite, that infinite infant self, the baby, the baby you, and um, give you that opportunity to tell that baby you everything you need to hear to live your perfect life now. You know, like the saying goes, if I knew then what I know now, how, how things would be different. And I guide everyone to implant that perfect programming for the perfect you that I bring them back to today and we activate that perfect programming and absolutely, especially in the subconscious mind, that is real. Their entire world changes from that moment once they activate that perfect programming. And many of them have known their entire lives that they were going to activate that perfect programming on that day. And they knew when they were going through hard times throughout their life, they always knew they had that one thing to look forward to, that eventually they were going to be their perfect self that perfect at that moment. So 
All and right. that's one way we have of about, changing, you know. We have about 30 back. seconds here, Joshua, just to give us the uh, the details again on, um, I'm guessing, you know, most of the listeners here maybe not be, are not in the New York City area, uh, can't attend these uh, training courses in person. So what do they do on the website? How do they do that? I do have uh, the pre-recorded version that is online. Um, I guess you, you have access. You'll you'll put that on your uh, on your webpage. Yeah, the link to ascendedhealer.com. They just click on that. That'll take them there. Yes. All right. Yes, and they'll be able Joshua. there to uh, do the live on demand. Great pleasure. Got to run, but thank you so much for this. Thank you so much for having me. All right. When we come back, spirit art. Stay with us. Exploring theories, uncovering facts, and offering a different view of the universe. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett on Zoomer Radio. To speak with Richard live, call 416-360-0740 or toll free at Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett on Zoomer Radio. And thanks for inviting me into your home, your long-haul truck, RV, camper, taxi, your parents' well-appointed basement with the simulated wood paneling, electric fireplace, and the painting of dogs playing poker. That greasy spoon just off the interstate and your cabin in the woods. Carlos Kajina is our technical producer. Ryan White is our live stream producer. And you really need to check out my YouTube and Rumble channels, Strange Planet. Don't forget to hit subscribe once there. Uh, once during a meditation, uh, Donna Vole was suddenly inspired to draw faces and messages. Having never had art training, she was amazed at the art that poured through her. It was months before she shared her newly found gift with anyone. Then one day, impressed by spirit, she gave a certain picture to another woman who was overjoyed. She cried, remarking that the drawing of that person was a portrait of a young man she had loved and who had passed away. A message accompanied the portrait that revealed he was fine and close to God. After that day, Donna knew that her spiritual gift would be shared, should be shared, in order to help guide and comfort others. Thousands of people have witnessed these spirit portraits through church services and private work, proving human consciousness survives death. Beautiful angels, faces of loved ones, symbols and scenes are also drawn. The Reverend Donna Vol, or Vol rather, has been uh, connected to the spirit world, some of her Earliest clairvoyant visions, sometimes frightening and often unexplained, came to her during childhood. 
These visions were difficult to comprehend on a small for a small child, but her mother helped her use prayer to keep her visions directed to God and higher planes. As she matured, she experienced premonitions and prophecies that confirmed her spiritual gifts. By the time she became a mother of three young children, her visions became more prevalent. She began a course of study into spiritual development, which allowed the clairvoyant visions to become focused and the messages to become clear and true. Reverend Donna Vall, welcome. How are you? Well, thank you for having me on, Richard. I really appreciate the time, and hi to everybody in the chat room. I noticed earlier there was a lot of talking over there. Oh, yes. We have a very dedicated following uh, every week in the uh, in the live chat, and we'll Great. get to some of their questions a little bit later this hour. Uh, let's start with just kind of a, a brief overview of how, let's call it spirit art works. You, uh, let's say... I came to see you, and you you saw someone around me or uh, someone who had passed on. Uh, you would, without asking for a physical description, or you would just start sketching mm -hmm. that person, and it would it might end up looking like one of my deceased relatives or a friend or someone like that. Is that basically how it works, Donna? No, that's not quite how it works at all. It has okay. really nothing to do with me thinking or clairvoyantly seeing even the spirit that is near you and then clairvoyantly seeing it, drawing what I am seeing. Sort of like you would see a portrait artist looking at somebody and sketching right. and drawing what they see. I'm completely out of that whole process. What it really is is we sit together, we pray together, we set the energy to be correct by praying to God, Holy Spirit, I talk to Jesus, we bring in that really good Holy Spirit energy. Your spirit, my spirit, we're alive in the spiritual worlds. Our spirit, our higher self, our soul is alive and well. It's where we have our essence. And when we sit together and we move into that frequency, that pattern together, we're able to communicate from that higher place together. And so what really happens, Richard, is we're just asking that God, your Holy Spirit self, brings to us that which you need. And what has happened over the years is it brings to us not only messages that have clarity that I'm receiving clairvoyantly to give you, but that while we're talking, drawing is occurring. And while that drawing is happening, it's not that I've seen it, thought it, or know how it's going to go. I'm as surprised as you as how it turns out. But I know it's a spiritually correct, accurate Guidance. It's a continuation of the information that's been given to you in a visual way. And in that is the angels that work closely with that part of our higher self. And then often the uh, guidances of loved ones, people who've passed over, people who are deceased, and people who are alive, people who are coming in our, in our lives. So it's pretty awesome because it gives you a lot of information on all levels of what's spiritually important to you. The people who have passed over, which is really interesting when that began to happen to me, surprised me as well because I had no way of knowing how to draw that, nor would I draw it, nor can I say I will draw it. I can only say it's going to be the right spiritual piece of art that will come forward for you. And then people had come back and shown me many times over that they had photographs that matched the sketch of the person who was in there, many 
sketches on many portraits. Sometimes there's a portrait with five or six faces that they can identify with photograph, not only just knowing it. So it's really a way that God is bringing that to you, not so much that I am sketching anything for you. Okay, so you're being used, I guess, as the conduit. Um, yes. Right. Exactly. And, That's exactly and you right. F- I mean, all art is inspirational. We get a creative thought. We get a creative download. We're inspired to draw it, to make it, to create it. We are creators from God. God's a creator. And so that's normal for us. That's how we create and do and we manifest and we draw. But the difference with true spirit art is that it isn't something that I'm drawing or someone is drawing. We're being drawn, used as a vessel for spirit, the Holy Spirit, I believe, to draw through us to reach to the person to whom the portrait will go. And you, uh, I mean, you didn't have uh, artistic abilities as a child. Mm-hmm. It just, and the, the first drawing that came to you, mm-hmm. um, I mean, was it, I mean, when I draw uh, someone, it's going to be like a stick figure because I really have no. Oh, I get that. To totally. I understand the stick figure thing. When I was a young person, I was interested in art. I think all children really have a natural desire to do art. But what happened for me was I was learning art, just like everybody else, 5th, 6th, 7th grade, you know, draw, draw, draw. And we were going to do portraits. And I remember my art teacher said to me, you know, you're just not good at this. And you really don't make your faces look human. And it just shut me down completely. I just decided (laughs) that I'm just not good at this. I'm not doing it. And so I put it away and really never did anything more with art. So it was interesting to me that in meditation, when I was really working with God, working with journaling so I could kind of take my meditation time and write what I'm knowing and hearing so I could keep track of that insight. Because so often in meditation, when you come out of meditation, it's kind of lost to you somewhat. And in that moment, just being led to draw some faces that were really very good little faces for someone who did stick people like you would say both of us would do it surprised me but i continued praying saying if this is bad take it away i wasn't opening up to something i didn't want to bring forward that would be for good from god and it became more and more it i my journal became full of these faces and i felt prompted to give this one to a person that i had known um, had met, and it was completely, she brought in a photograph, and we were just shocked. I was shocked <laughs> that that this was the person's face, for sure. Right. And um, when does this, when do you, when do you draw? Uh, are, are you, would you be in a deep sleep and all of a sudden wake up in the middle of the night and feel compelled to draw, or how does it happen? That's a really good question because there is a, a sense of being compelled when the art is happening. For me, for the most part, I have a very balanced life. I think we have to learn that we are by nature spiritual beings. We're beautiful spirit. We are children of God. We are creative beings. So for us, it's normal to be connected to God. When we meditate, we create the priority to sit and pray, to meditate, to to learn how to understand what our spiritual gifts are, we must learn what our higher self, our spirit, our true nature is about. And going through prayer does that. 
So you get that compelling energy when you're working with spirit to let your spiritual gifts grow. For me, it's not so much that I have no control over this, because that would be not how do you have a normal life, how do you raise children, how do you have grandchildren, how do you have any kind of life, if it's this kind of compelling. But when I'm sitting to do the work, when I'm sitting to to sit and pray and meditate, when I'm working with somebody one-on-one, or the way it developed in me was when I would work at a church. I had no idea how to do portraits through a large group. I had never seen it done. I didn't know how to do that. I knew that sketching and drawing at first was charcoal, uh, pencil with some color pastel, mm-hmm. then it became angelic with full-color pastels, with full-color pictures and scenes and symbols. It just developed more and more and more. So I thought, how will I do this? How will I be able to sit and be able to present in a church through spirit? Now when you're talking about feeling compelled, that's being compelled. Because I would sit in church services, they would start maybe at 7.30, and I would be there at 7.15, do my prayer work, sit quietly in front of the top, you know, front of the church by the lectern, and I would just be led by spirit to see as somebody walked in. I would make a notation at the bottom of that piece of paper, (laughs) person in the third row, that was it, and then really rapidly an entire portrait would be completely drawn, fully colored colored everything with messages and specific faces that would go to only that person so it was never like hang holding up a picture and saying you know does anybody recognize this it had to go to that person it was theirs there's no doubt and so at that point within like maybe a 45 minute span to where it would be my turn to get up as a spiritualist and give messages there would be maybe 12 to 14 full colored portraits that was really compelling because the spirit of God, that energy moving through me, was so rapid. It was almost hard for my hands, I felt like, to move all of the art that right. quickly. It was That's amazing. incredible. You're, 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 you're drawing and sketching and coloring that quickly. Mm-hmm. Fourteen in the span yes, of how, I mean, how, that's, how long did that's, you that's it? See, But this is the beauty of it, see, because it's to show us that we are spiritually wide awake and full of promise, each one of us. We never know what our spiritual gifts can be. But by doing this or having this opportunity to present this spiritual gift in a church, it reminded everybody that there's something so beautiful and profound of God with us and Spirit moving through us and our Holy Spirit connecting together and that we were all connecting one together in that church. So it, whether you received a portrait or not, you definitely witnessed all of this happening, which helped people to feel better. The messages made sense to the person who received them, but also touched those that were watching it. And then, of course, what was really amazing would be that people would recognize faces on there. You know, this is my grandfather, this is my grandmother, this is my great aunt, this is my child who passed. And so it was a way of comforting all people who heard it to know that, we are not dying and it's done, there's a continuation of our consciousness in the spiritual worlds, in those higher, beautiful places of God, that we still have that love, that that love is still shared, that there's still that connection. And so that's why it was, I think, a profound thing for all people to be able to witness that and to see it. When I was uh, 
learning, and I was going through lots of different church services, it was really all about faith, Richard, because I had no idea how to present it. I had no idea when I traveled, especially I went up into Canada, often to Montreal, and being in another place where people you don't know, it's not your church, you're not familiar with the people, and working with translators, because I would do a church service that we would uh, do service with in Montreal that would be both Mm -hmm. Italian, another one would be French, so somebody's interpreting as I'm giving the messages, because when I present the art, I would give a message, and they would they would interpret it, but it didn't need even the interpretation because the art itself spoke volumes to the people. It went beyond words, and, and I think that helped train me to have great faith and just trust that there's a purposeful plan, that God is good, that all of us are spiritual beings with lots of gifts, if we would just learn to tap into that, and that life continues on. We don't die, that we are alive and well with God. And I think that's one of the things that is the beauty of the gift. It's always difficult talking about visual things on the radio. So uh, what I will encourage my listeners to do is just to go to angelstoguideyou.com, all one, all together, angel, no spaces, angelstoguideyou.com. I've also linked up uh, to the website at strangeplanet.ca. And uh, then you can uh, scroll down a little bit on the website, and you'll see uh, a section called Portrait Validations with Evidential Photos of Life After Death. And there's you can click on View Our Photo Gallery. And so here are some examples. Uh, well, it's your portrait gallery. You'll have mm-hmm. a beautiful, yeah. it looks like a, a, a pastel uh, drawing of a, an elderly gentleman with a, a mustache and a bolo mm-hmm. tie. I think that's what you call that, a bolo tie. And then you have next to it is a photograph of the gentleman. Uh, in this yes. case, it's Uncle Glenn. Can you tell us about this uh, this portrait? It, that was really amazing to me. That was done for someone. When I first started working, I was, believe it or not, Richard, I was very shy. And so I was only working by somebody putting their name on a piece of paper for permission that I may pray with their spirit. I went home. I prayed. I was led to draw the portrait, and then I was writing the message that God was bringing through me. I did nothing. I was just the vessel. Then I would hand it back to the person, and the people would receive them. That's really what happened with the Uncle Glenn one. I'm, I don't know if I'm on Skype or not. I've, I've got my camera up. I don't know if that's working for you right now. Uh, no, when, for whatever reason, we're just we we have a photograph of you in the uh, okay. the uh, the live well, chat. That's okay, because uh, I have the picture of the Uncle Glenn when I was going to show you. But the nice thing is, with that, is the woman immediately cried, and it was even more profound because not only did she recognize him, he always wore a bolo tie. That was just his signature. Apparently, he gave a lot of message through that message to this lady. She's got that testimonial on my website if you want to read it in full. But he brought forward his name. He brought forward his last name. He brought forward a special word that he wanted her to tell his wife, who is her aunt, and that word only he and that aunt knew, and it was an endearing term between the two of them that no one else would have understood, which she did go ahead and give to that aunt, and it gave that aunt great peace and joy. So the art was profoundly helpful for her. It helped heal their family. 
they love the love is continuing they felt better about that and they were really thrilled with it so the portraits give you that kind of peace of mind when i've worked with people uh, mm-hmm. and they pull out a, a wallet after the art is drawn and they say look at this this is my this is my mother and it's right there I have never asked for validation. I have always allowed it to be it, 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 what it is. It's a God thing. God works through me. He goes to the person that God wants it to go to, and I bless it, and I'm done. But people have been very thoughtful and sent me back art portraits that were copied with their photographs of their loved ones inserted so that it gave me the validation and confirmation, which is always lovely, but it also shows other people that, too. So that's what you'll see a lot on my website. Not so much that I asked for it, but that people sent it back. So over the years, it's been probably with all the different churches, all the different traveling, all my private work. I've been doing this now for almost 34 years, so it's been a long journey. It's thousands and thousands of pictures out there. All right. We'll, um, we're going to roll into a break here. The Reverend Donna Vall. Am I pronouncing your last name correctly, Vall? You are. Thank you. All right. And uh, Reverend in the Spiritualist uh, Church and uh, does what we'll call spirit art, where she'll, she'll um, be the conduit uh, and sketch a beautiful portrait of someone, perhaps in charcoal or pencil or, or a pastel, and then uh, she'll present that to someone, and they'll say, "Well, that's my father." And she'll present, or they'll be, she'll be presented with a sort of corroboration with a with a photograph of that individual. It's absolutely remarkable. Angels to guide you dot com. If you want to check out the portrait gallery, back with more of our conversation right after these. Question everything. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett on Zoomer Radio. Shaking the world and seeing what falls. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. And we are back with the Reverend Donna Vall. And uh, we're describing or discussing her, um, her portraits um, of people that have passed on, and uh, she'll be she'll feel compelled to present this portrait uh, to someone, and uh, they will say, "Yes, that, that's my uncle Glenn." And then they'll provide her with a photograph, and she's uh, posted these uh, portraits and then the photograph at her website, angels to guide you dot com, angels to guide you dot com. Uh, Donna, this might be incredibly self-indulgent of me, and I might be out of line for asking, but I've got to ask. I'm so uh, fascinated by this. Uh, I mean, if you feel moved by by spirit, um, and if you see anyone around me, would you be able to do a, a, a sketch for me and send it to me? What we could do, I would be more than glad. If you want to set up time, I'll be glad to do that for you. Sure. Okay. And the thing right. is this. I want to be clear. It's not so much I see someone around somebody and I move to do that. That's really kind of not the way it works. It's that we sit and we pray together, or I sit and I pray, and open up what does the Holy Spirit, what does your spirit, what does your higher self need to have presented on that art in message to you. And so that's where it's not that I can say, if you said, if somebody said to me, would you please draw my grandpa, I could say to them, I wish I could promise that, but I cannot promise that. I can only promise you that we will draw what God, the Holy Spirit, what 
is the best and the highest for you. That I can be sure of. And through that, it can maybe be that grandfather, maybe it be uncles, maybe it be aunts, maybe it be neighbors, but it will be what God wants it to be. And what we found over the years is in in addition to having people who are deceased, it's also been shown to be faces of people who are important to you now in your life. This would never mean they're going to die, but that they're very spiritually connected. You're learning from them. They're learning from you. There's something important about that communication, that connection. And the other thing is that it can be people being drawn, faces of people you're going to meet, people who will become your new best friend, your new coworker, your new spouse. It's been interesting to watch that journey unfold because really there's no time in spirit. And so imagine your higher self or your your Holy Spirit self, your soul, connecting with us through this art and bringing to you a download of information of those that are past what we would say we've had relationship with them, those coming and, and those that are in our life. And it's important to see that because it gives us an understanding that there really is a connection and a continuation of spiritual people, past, present, and future, we would call them, that are with us. So for you, if you'd like me to sit with you sometime, I'd be glad to do a session and just see what happens. Would I love to be able to be guaranteeing you everyone you want on there would be there? I wish I could, but I cannot do that. It's a God thing. Yeah. It's a God thing. Sure. Uh, tell me about the mirror image. This was a woman's mother that you drew. Yeah, that was interesting. A lot of times the photographs look like a mirror image, as if somebody held it up, the picture up to the mirror, and it would be like as if the, these two different planes, these two different spirit planes, you know, are, are reflecting each other, which is very interesting. Many of them you'll see will have multiple faces on. There was, I think, one in the website where somebody was, showed that she put little pictures of all her family all over in there. I know different ministers and uh, different people from different churches who have told me that after the art is drawn, additional faces have emerged from the art. There was one lady who told me every time somebody passed in their house, the face appeared within the next two, three weeks on their portrait. Now, I can't say that happened because I didn't see that happen, but I can say that there would be no reason not to think it could happen. Because if we're talking about energy and frequency, which we are, that is moving not because I'm special, but because I'm just a vessel, and that energy is now on that pastel chalk, you know, precipitating on there, creating on there, it can be moved and shifted in, in a variety of ways. That way I would be sure of. So it's interesting to see how that can be a past, present, future, things that are also going on, added faces that are put on the portrait. I always tell people when they receive them, whether they want to put them in a drawer and look at them every now and then or hang them up, it's, it's really up to them. It's a personal thing. But that it's good to look back because there's a lot of information on those portraits. There's scenes, there's the faces, there's the main angels that work with our higher self, our soul, with God. There are images, there are oftentimes symbol or language that's on there. So it's important to look because a lot of times people are very fixated on one issue in their life that they're looking for on that portrait, which maybe is satisfied. They wanted their mother, there's their mother, but they're forgetting that there's so much more happening on that portrait that then proves itself to be more accurate 
the messages, the information, the guidance that goes along with it, the prophetic thought that goes along with it from God is also very in-depth and important. Uh, there's a, underneath the, the mirror image on the website, and again, it's angelstoguideyou.com, and then you just click on the portrait gallery. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. the third one down, this is a drawing you did very quickly. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's an older woman in glasses, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, she has a bit of a kind of a, a crooked smile, let's say, very pleasant looking. Um, it's, it's amazing that you did this very quickly, but because the picture itself almost looks like a, a negative image of a photograph or something like that. But then mm-hmm. the woman presented you um, immediately after this drawing. She pulled out a, a, fo- a photograph from her wallet. And there's the, the woman, same hairstyle, same glasses, um, in, in, in the photograph. Amazing. It is, you know, and, and it's, when I work with somebody, now I'm older, okay? So I don't travel as much. I work by phone. I can work all over the world. I can be in any time zone. It works well. I don't need the physical body of a person. The physical body doesn't have any bearing on what's happening. Mm-hmm. I just need the permission from the soul from that person we sit and we work together normally we talk i have the luxury of saying you know we go to god's done it's at least an hour if it goes longer it goes longer i go to god is done and give all the information that i'm being shown clairvoyantly given clairaudiently to the person that is receiving it on the other end of the phone or a client sitting across from me and at that point drawing while we're talking so I kind of always thought it was sort of God's way of keeping me busy while I'm listening. Like in church, you give your kids crayons, you know, so they sit quiet. <laughs> Maybe this right. whole thing is to keep me busy so that the messages can flow better. But it's about giving, I, I usually will speak uh, with somebody nonstop for at least 40 minutes and then say, is, do you have more questions? Because God is just pulling it all through the Holy Spirit, your spirit, your higher self, however you want to term it. And the drawing is happening. At the end, I always make sure I get the address and name on the back of the portrait, because when I go to ship, I ship maybe every so many weeks, I don't remember having drawn them. I don't remember who they belong to, and I don't remember where they would go, because it's not really me drawing it. So it is just through me and out me and given to you. That's really the way the system works. Right, and then people receive it, and they I, they can identify that person, and, and they send you a photograph often. If uh, do they always send you a photograph back in the mail? What they usually do is they send me a copy of their, like they'll photocopy or take, nowadays with, with cameras, it's easy, I guess, take a picture yeah. of the photograph inserted by their portrait so that it makes sense. That's what you'll see on my site, those are things people put together to show me how it was uh, validating and confirming that that person looks just like the photograph of who they had. And a lot of them look almost exactly like the photograph. It's kind of fun. There's one on there that was done in St. Louis, and it was done during, I think it was a church service, but the woman showed me later the photograph, and it's really fun because the dad had a fun smirk the way they always commented on his smirky grin and he was sitting on a couch and he had a pillow angled behind him and the way the spirit art came out literally has the angle of the pillow behind him it's like how is that possible but it's possible because it was a god thing 
So they'll respond back with portraits and, and the validation of the photographs. If you look online, there's a lot of testimonials and ministers who've seen this over and over in churches. So the point isn't that I'm special, because we are all truly gifted with spiritual gifts. The point is that we don't lose the love that we have. We do continue our human consciousness after permanent death, because not only do you see those those images, but a lot of messages come through with pertinent information or, or special information that only that person would know to present to the person that is I'm giving this to or I'm sharing this with. And it also gives us a pause to remember how really it's important that we let our own selves connect to mm-hmm. our higher self, to our spirit, to see that spiritual gifts that we all have to allow that to be developed. We laugh about the fact that somebody a long time ago told me I couldn't draw, and she was pretty prophetic because a lot of what I do draw with the angelics are not human. So when she said you couldn't draw a human, I guess, okay, here's a... You mentioned this one that you sketched in St. Louis, and it shows um, this uh, older gentleman with glasses with this kind of fun smirk on his face, reclining in a uh, in a chair with a, uh, with a pillow behind him. Uh, and, and then in the uh, the sketch... You've got um, two or three children in the foreground. Um, are those, I'm presuming those might be his grandchildren? This is the thing, that sometimes it's inter-family in- connections, like that. Like you'll see a grandfather, uh, you'll see generations, okay? And sometimes what's interesting is you'll see them generationally, some will be passed over and some are still here. I had a situation with someone who... Uh, their father was passed, the brother was passed, her son is alive, and all three were on the portrait. So it can show generations for sure. And sometimes what will happen is somebody will receive it, and they'll show their family, and their family will be the ones that identify a lot of the faces. So it's kind of, I think, a wonderful way to bring family together because family will see it together and be excited, like, well, didn't you know that was my, that's your Aunt Rose? Well, I didn't know that's my Aunt Rose. Well, yeah, and then they'll go get a picture. So a lot of times it's very obvious to somebody when they receive it. Sometimes they know some of it, but not all of it, and all the pieces weave together. Uh, There was one person you'll see in the testimonial who had the experience of having this portrait put up. She loved the portrait. She had already had some other portraits where there were family members who were deceased that had been on those portraits. This portrait had some different faces that she didn't know, but she was very compelled to keep this picture up on her wall. And in uh, the next few years, she ended up having a relationship with a man who they realized was drawn on that portrait. And in addition to that, all of his family members who were deceased were drawn on that portrait. So we know that spirit connection was really vital, even though it was something yet to come. They were still passed over. It's just that she didn't know that at the time. So it's an interesting way that that moves around. I I would think, too, I, I wanted to say that it was kind of good I was never really trained in art because I think... It, I don't fight anything because I don't know how to argue with spirit and say, well, this is how you have to draw this nose or this is the way you shadow this face. Not having a clue, they had a much 
I think, cleaner, easier time moving through me into what the art needed to be. Right, no filter. No um, filter. Mm-mm. Stick people all the way. <laughs> so in uh, going back to this um, portrait in St. Louis, mm-hmm. the... Um, mm-hmm. The the gentleman that pa- passed and the, the the children in the foreground those are in the bottom left hand corner, but the pr- the predominant feature in this this portrait is of a um, I don't know if this is an angel though it looks like a, a female with uh, sort of long red hair is that an angel? It is, and what happened for me in the development because we develop everything we do in this life. You know, you get more able to achieve something because you've had more experience toward it. So what happened with me was I started with being led to draw one face. I was using just charcoal pencil at the time. That moved into more faces and more scenes and more information. And then I had an angelic experience, literally, a physical one, which was very pronounced, where this being came into a place where I was mm-hmm. working and was just so, the energy was so strong. And I had had an experience just before that moment of visitation a few weeks earlier, meeting with some people with some UFO stuff. You know how when you're first opening up into things, you encounter many things and your discernment has to kick in. And so I had made this decision. I didn't want that type of abduction energy. I didn't want to deal with that. I didn't want to open that door, right? So this beautiful being comes in, this man, and he's moving things on the counter. So I know he's physical because he's moving it, but I know if I look at him, the energy is so strong that I'm not going to really see this man. Something's going to transform in front of me. And he just said to me, who is drawing these portraits? And I said that, you know, God is drawing them through me, and I explained a little bit about it. And he said, do you ever draw anything that isn't human? And I said, oh, absolutely. I, I, I'm not going down a road of, of aliens, and, you know, I was really limiting at that time. And he just said, then you can't draw my brothers and sisters because angelics are not of this world. And he turned and he walked out this door. I went right. I felt compelled to run after him when I walked right through the door right after him. He was gone. And it was within, I think, a moment of meditation where I realized that I had been shutting out possibilities, that not all things that were non-human were evil. There are plenty of non-human evils, let me get that clear, but that there were angelics, there were light beings helping us. There was a lot moving through the Holy Spirit God us to work with us, to support us, to guide us. And at that point, it went full. I was told to get full-color pastel, and all these beautiful angels started to be drawn on the portraits, and they then were termed angelic portraits. Because Spirit explained to me, most people in all religions, and I do teach an extensive seminar on angels, it's one unifying thing of most people. Most religions, most people maybe believe very differently about many things, but accept that there's messengers and angels that's very unifying, and that the angelics work closely with the higher realms to help us through these times of humanity, changes in crisis, healing and helping, guardian angels, all the different groups and choirs of angels. And so what has happened is the angels that are closest with whomever I'm working with at the moment, that angel is drawn, the ex- ex- 
explanation of what that angel's there and why that angel's there and, and the name and the energy of that angel, along with faces of family passed over, faces of people important, faces of people coming in, scenes and symbols. So the angel okay, I've got to, Pardon the interruption, Donna. I've got to take a time out here. Uh, okay. We'll come back and uh, discuss further with the Reverend Donna Vall. And again, the website, angelstoguideyou.com. Check out that portrait gallery. It's quite remarkable. Stay with us. When in doubt, blame the government. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. All right, we are back with the Reverend Donna Vall, and again, the website is, oh, let me grab it here, angelstoguideyou.com, angelstoguideyou.com. We will take questions and comments from the uh, YouTube live chat uh, in this segment, so if you have a question for Donna, you um, write it down in the YouTube or type it in the YouTube live chat in my Live stream producer Ryan will curate those and send those my way, and I'll read them out over the air. Uh, sticking with the discussion on uh, portraits of angels, uh, here's something interesting that uh, sometimes you'll get uh, a portrait of an angel, and the, 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 the angel will take on the look of the loved one, or the loved one will be reflected in their faces. Tell me more about that. Yes, I've seen that happen, and it's, it's very interesting. I've seen it happen more than one time, and I think it, the angel, and, and you know, we, people wonder sometimes when my loved one, my mother, my father, my grandfather passes, do they become my angel? But I think angels are truly a different species that are not human souls, and so that, that's not necessarily going to be a guardian angel to you. There'll be a guidance to you because love continues. But I think the angel world is able to uh, reflect to us energy, and so they can choose or merge that look because it's comforting, because it feels normal, it feels good to the person who receives it. And it's remarkable, you'll see striking resemblances to people that they loved in the reflection from those angels. Right. In the the one that I'm looking at right now, uh, it's it's the angel appears to be female. Mm-hmm. Uh, the deceased person looks to be, uh, well, he is a male. It's a male, but uh, maybe a soldier. It's um, in uniform. Uh, it's particularly the, the nose and the mouth of the deceased male reflected in the female angel. In, in the angel's face, in the way that the yes. structure of the face is, yes. And we have to remember when we're looking at angelics, really, they are not really a boy or a girl. They're not gender. Let's talk about gender fluidity. They're really just an energy that is working with us. They can come through more feminine or more masculine. I think it depends on the energy that they're presenting. Are they working with our astral emotional body? Are they working with our heart center? Are they working with our higher mind? Are they working with our mental body? And how they present themselves to the masculine feminine of us. And so I think that's reason why they can kind of have a sense that seems very feminine at the same time bringing through some kind of a masculine uh, resemblance on somebody. But I think that it's what we understand the angels to be, the whole thing with the 
vibration which appears for people who see them to say they have wings it's a frequency that we're seeing moving around them and each level of the angel world that that's another whole show but each level of the angel world each triad is there's three triads and there's there's the choirs of the angels they each have a different energy a different offering and a different reason they connect so when i work with somebody and their angel this angel becomes present or or whatever angel wants to come it might be an angel of creativity or or an angel of knowledge an angel of wisdom it will also talk with us about what choir of that angel is from. Is that is that a virtue? Is it a power? Is it a dominion? Is this is this a cherub? Is it a, uh, from the cherubim? Because each present to us a certain energy, and it comes through on those spirit portraits as well. Have you ever <clears throat> have you ever uh, drawn a uh, an archangel, Gabriel, Michael? Oh yes, those are <laughs> yes. Yes, because the archangels, although we know them very well because we've been familiar with them, really are not one of the higher triads, to be honest with you. They're, they're in um, ones that work more with humanity, and so that's why we see them. In fact, Raphael spoken, it was, has been spoken about having come and actually walked the earth, walked and shown how you could take a fish and you could gut it, and you can use medicines, and how he, he worked with Tobit and to show them how you could actually harvest medicinal herbs. So some of these angels have come into the frequency of Earth. They can appear. We've seen angels. People have seen angels. And I'll tell you, whenever anybody has an angelic experience, you just know it is so. You, you know, you don't, no one can convince you it's not because the profound energy of the angelic is so strong and so different than it is from human energy or human soul. It's just a different feel. And uh, it is pretty interesting. Yes, I've had the archangels come through in different times because different people are working with different processes. We're multi-level people. Mm -hmm. We're very complex humans. We really are. So many things are happening physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually to somebody simultaneously. And so these portraits discuss all those different frequencies and levels of what we're dealing with. All right, to the YouTube live chat we go, and you'll um, you'll get a kick out of some of these uh, the handles that people use. Fishy Fun Fifty Seven, <laughs> Fishy Fun Fifty Seven asks, "What's the average price for a a a, a, a print or sorry a spirit sketch?" What well, what I do is I work with everybody at least an hour. Most of the time, being honest with you, it's like an hour and twenty minutes, hour and a half. I just go on and on because I have the luxury to be able to to book it that way. I charge the same, whether it's an hour or more, it doesn't charge more. I charge usually 180 in U.S. dollar, and that would be for the art, that's for the consultation, the, the time, the, the session, the shipping, and the insurance. So the other thing I always say to people is, if you don't have money and you need help, I always help people. So I've always been open to never turn away help if needed, if it's truly something that's going on in their life. But it's 180 for a session. But you can look on my site and see the different options and what you want to do. All right. Weiwei and Ella asks, why are there no female angels in the Bible? The Bible it doesn't really bring up a lot of angels, okay? There is more angel discussion in some of the Apocrypha or the hidden books that were decided to be removed from the Bible by different things like 
King James and the Council of Nicaea and things like that. So we have to recognize that some things were pulled out. One of the books that was pulled out, but isn't in the Catholic Bible, is the Book of Enoch. And Enoch would have been alive around the time uh, in the very early part of Genesis, a descendant from Seth. And Enoch was very capable and able to walk and see the spiritual world, the angelics. And at that time in the book of Enoch, there's a lot of discussion about a lot of different angels by name. St. Thomas Aquinas talks a lot about that in a lot of the different writings that are from the Catholic Church or the Apocrypha writings that the average person wasn't allowed to know. Let's be honest with the fact that a lot of what we know is very limited because we've not been allowed to know a lot of spiritual truth, a lot of spiritual understanding, and now hopefully we're breaking that through. So that would be one way to try to help understand that there's a limitation with that, but that some of the angels can appear one or the other ways. Gabriel oftentimes will be very feminine in how that angel of messengers messages is bringing a message forward and uh, being there for different levels, you know, so can be also very masculine. So I hope that answers the question. It's just that sometimes we're not given all the information and some things in the Bible. And I'm a Christian spiritual, so I'm a Christian person. I, I understand, you know, looking for the Word and looking through the Word, but I think we have to recognize some of that was edited out. Right. And again, uh, and I do this too, we get hung up on this, you know, male, female with angels. They're not male or female. They're, they're expressing a a masculine or a feminine energy, energy, I suppose. That's exactly Uh, right. Renee Image asks, um, or says, I get messages from deceased relatives of my friends and sometimes strangers. Does that make me a medium? And is it similar to your gift, Donna? It does make you a medium, but what you want to do is you want to learn to take that and let that develop spiritually. First, you want to learn to pray and meditate. When we pray and meditate, that's not just opening to something. You know, we can open to all sorts of things. It's, I say the spirit world is a whole lot like the mall, you know. There's a lot of people when I go in the mall, I don't really want to talk with them. They don't know anything about anything. I'd rather go directly to the person I'm supposed to meet in the mall, and their spirit will determine with God what we need to know. So gifting of discernment. So I would say, yes, you are definitely working clairvoyantly as a medium. You're hearing something. You're getting validation. Obviously, she's uh, aware of what's being said has confirmation value. But to present it in a way, first of all, we never just go and tell somebody a message unless they want that message because we have to have privacy for them. We don't barge into people's space. Prayer meditation would be the way to go so that you can learn about your higher self. What does it feel like when you sense it touching you, when you hear it in your thoughts, when your higher self comes to your astral body or how your feeling body is? When you recognize your higher self, then these messages will still come, but they'll be coming with more clarity and more accuracy, and they'll be coming in the correct manner. So take this gift, I'm excited for this person, and develop it with a spiritual and a meditative and a prayerful way so it can be used in a good way. You never know how, how much that can help somebody. Uh, we just have a, a minute and a half here. Uh, are there many other people that, that have this ability? Uh, or, I mean, do you know of anyone else who does this? 
at this point, I've heard that there's somebody else in another country, I think England, that might be drawing people that are deceased, maybe one or two. I don't know them personally. I would say, why not? Because God is good, and I'm not going to be the only vessel that God can use to do something in, unique with or to bring this through. So I would never presume that, no, I'm the only one. But I would say this, I think it's rare. I haven't seen it a lot in spiritualism. I saw a lot more people drawing guides or teachers, which I can say can also be valid. We can have guidances on different levels. But as far as the details and the amount of decades of drawing people past and the information that comes on the portraits, I think that's more unusual. And I think there are people, but I don't think there's a lot of it. However, right. if a lot of your audience starts meditating and praying, we don't know how great, through discernment and their spiritual gifts, greater things can come, you know? Donna, a real pleasure. We'll have to talk again. Thank you. I'm glad I met you. Thank you so much. I appreciate the time, and bless you, and bless everyone that was listening. Reverend Donna Vall, angelstoguideyou.com. All right, thanks to Ryan and Carlos. Back next week with a brand-new program. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed, nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark, speak in the light. What I say in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home. Good night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.